This is The Boy in the Basement. I have a child in my basement. No, wait, sorry. The word have, that sounds wrong. Let me, let me try again. Thursday. There is a child in my basement. Now, again, no, that's not much better, to be fair. I'm doing an absolutely terrible job of explaining this. But it is a hard thing to understand. For instance, when I told my friend Jim about it. You have a basement? What sort of a house is a basement? It's an old Georgian house. But Jim... I think you're missing the point. Jesus, I didn't know I was friends with the 15th Earl of Shite in a box. A basement? A basement? In this day and age? Are you serious? I don't believe it. I simply cannot believe it. A basement? OK, Jim isn't the smartest, but I think the point still stands. There is a boy in my basement. I suppose I should start at the beginning. A warm July evening. I was busy working away on my novel. I don't actually own a typewriter, but it sounds better. And without being too boastful, it was really good stuff. My writing flowing out of my body like... Like, um... Okay, there was no good way to end that metaphor. Anyway, I was typing away when... It was Rachel, my girlfriend. Luke? What's up? Are you coming? That's a very personal question. What? No. Are you coming to Dinner? Dinner? Dinner with my parents. It was at this stage of the conversation when I deduced that I may have done something wrong. Dinner! Yes. With your parents? Yes. How was tonight? Yes. I see. You've forgotten, haven't you? No, no. I'm just... only remembering now. For God's sake, Luke. I am so sorry, Rachel. If I don't shower, I could be there in, like, um, 45 minutes. Don't bother. You have to get the last train. Oh, the train. Very nice. Much better than the bus. Shut up, Luke. I'll make it up to you. I promise. Luke, you know what your problem is? But then... Rachel, I have to go. What? Luke, I'm trying to... I think there might be someone in my house. Luke, are you joking? Swearing I would call Rachel back, I grabbed what weapons I could, a magic eight ball and a mug of cold tea, and headed downstairs. There was no one in the hall. The sounds were coming from the basement. The basement used to be my bedroom, but I hadn't set foot in it since my parents died. I went down. That's when I saw him. He was facing away from me, hands on his hips, inspecting a tent that had been set up in the middle of the basement. He couldn't have been more than ten, I don't think. I... I couldn't think of what to say, but I felt I had to say something. Is that your tent, or...? He turned and looked at me like I was an idiot. No, I just found it here. Of course it's my tent. Sorry, I meant... What are you doing here? What does it look like? Well, it... It looks like you're camping. You learn fast. This is really, um... You can't be here. Why not? Because this is my house. So? I think it counts as trespassing. You're seriously going to call the police on a nine-year-old boy? No, I, I can't really have a child in my basement. Why not? Well, for one, the optics aren't great. What? You know, a child in the basement looks a bit... Well, you know. Oh, you think people will call you a paedophile? 
Eh, uh, how do you know that word? Are you a paedophile? No, no, God no. Then what are you worried about? Don't you have a family? What's your point? Are you lost? You think, you think I got lost and ended up in your basement? Well, what are you doing here then? We've already established that I'm camping. All the same, I'm probably going to call the police. Well, if you do, I'll tell them you're a paedophile. You wouldn't. Wouldn't I? You don't know me. You don't know what I'm capable of. I have to say, he had me stumped. So again, not quite sure what to say. Are you planning on staying here long? Haven't decided. Depends. On what? I don't see how that's any of your business. I stood there. Halfway down the stairs, my mouth halfway open. No words coming out, truly and utterly confused by this situation. I could hardly drag him out of the basement. The optics of that not being great either. And what if he bit me? As he said, I didn't know him. He might have rabies and then that would be me dead. I shook the magic eight ball, but all it said was ask again later. So in the end, I just said, well, um, let me know if you need anything. He didn't respond. And so I slowly crept back up the stairs, one foot in front of the other, at least knowing I could do that right. I needed someone whose advice I could trust. But unable to find such a person, I called my friend Jim. He agreed to meet me in the pub. So, okay, let me get this straight. You have a basement. What sort of a house is a basement? This went on for some time. I informed Jim that, yes, I did have a basement. The house, narrow and pokey, used to belong to a Protestant businessman who left it to my granny in his will just because he fancied her. She had been his cleaner. And while he liked her company, he hated his wife's and so gave the house away in one last act of spite. Jim, I'm surprised that you're not surprised by the fact that there's a kid living in my basement. Ah, well, with that, you should go to the guards. I should? Of course. But I'm not going with you. No? Nah, it's the, um, optics, you know. Right? I know! Be pretty weird two men saying we have a kid in a basement. If you go alone, it's weird, but understandable. If you go with me, they'll ask you why you got me involved and didn't go straight to them, you know? Could look very suspicious. Right. And maybe it's all just a metaphor. What? You know, like maybe he's there to highlight your lost innocence or some such. Hmm. No, no, this kid doesn't seem that innocent. He knows what a paedophile is. Why were you talking about paedophiles with a kid? Ah, it's too hard to explain. Anyway, I'm going to go. Where? Well, the guards. You can't go to the guards. Are you joking? But you just said I should go to the guards. Pathetically. If you find a stray kid in your basement, you should go to the guards. But you've been drinking. You show up reeking a booze and tell him you have a kid in your basement. That's you done, mate. So what should I do? Ah, kids, they get bored of stuff, don't they? This week it's camping in your basement, next week it'll be heroin. We finished our drink, but didn't say much more, if anything. And before I came back up here to my room, I peered down into the basement. The tent was still there, a lamp hanging inside, making it look like a giant orange lantern. I thought about saying goodnight, but thought better of it. Since then, I've been recording my thoughts. A writing exercise that helps to make sense of experience. Tomorrow, I'll make things up with Rachel and, hopefully, get this feckin' kid out of my house. Friday. 
When I woke up this morning, I heard nothing. No banging or clattering, no smashing of pots. I had imagined that the kid would slowly start taking over the house and that we'd develop into this weirdly inappropriate odd couple. But when I went downstairs, he was nowhere to be seen. I keep a dream journal, another writing exercise, which makes my dreams vivid and lifelike. Was he just a dream? Or, well, an inconvenient nightmare? I decided to check the basement. The tent was there, as was he. He had his earphones in and was watching something on his phone. What are you doing? He saw me looking at him, and for some reason it was as if he'd caught me spying, and so, for some other reason, I pretended as if I was just checking up on the basement, carrying out a perfectly normal morning inspection. Yes, no mould on the ceiling, that's good. Walls, still there, everything in order. (sighs) However, my little act didn't work. Why are you spying on me? Again, this is my basement. So? And I was kind of hoping that you'd be gone by now. I was kind of hoping you'd be gone by now. What a coincidence. Don't you have a job? I'm a writer. So you don't have a job? Well, okay, yes, actually, yes, yes, I do have a job in an office. But that's just, that's just, you know, that's not who I am or, you know? Well, have fun. I couldn't leave things like that. If I was going to take back control of this house, I would have to start winning a few arguments. So I said, That thing will rot your mind, by the way. What? The phone. Watching screens all day. Was this really the best I could think of? To criticise his phone usage? I didn't bring any books. Oh. Do you have any books? Um. Well, yes. Yeah, there's a, a bookshelf upstairs. Cool, thanks. And after winning that argument, I headed out to work. As soon as I arrived at the office, I checked my email. Still nothing from my publisher. I'd sent her the first three chapters of my novel, and she had promised to read them. But all I had was a text from Jim. How is the baby goat situation? What? Baby goat? A baby goat is called... Are you talking about the kid in my basement? F-F-S, Luke. What if they're reading your messages? Who are they? End of correspondence. What? Back off messaging me, will ya? It was definitely not my idea for me to get a boring job in a boring office. It was my mam's. Something to support the writing, she'd say. The manager, Niall, was her best friend, and... I think my mam hoped we would become best friends, me and Niall. But when someone's your boss, you sort of have to hate them, don't you? Hey, Luke, how are you? Niall? I was just wondering how you were getting on with those invoices. Uh, yeah, working away on them. Oh, that's, that's great. Um, I'm just not sure you are. Sorry? Well, I don't think you have been working on them. We still need to process the same amount as we did last week. I'll get to them, Niall. Yes, I'm sure, I'm sure. Well, if you need anything, just let me know. But now was not the time for sorting invoices. I texted Rachel and we organised to get coffee. I knew she'd have some thoughts on the baby goat situation, but I needed to find the right moment to tell her. So? So? Is this you trying to make it up to me? 
which definitely wasn't the start of the conversation. Make what up to you? The fact that you didn't show up for dinner with my parents? Ah, uh, yes. I'd forgotten about having forgotten about that. But the story had moved on. I'm sure she'd understand. I am so sorry about that, Rachel. A cup of coffee isn't going to make it up, though, Luke. Oh, um. Ah, uh, actually, <laughs> I don't have my wallet, so I thought you could get these. You're ridiculous. You know that? I can make it up to you tonight, though. Dinner? Or just food in general? I can't. My sister's coming to stay. Oh. Which you'd know if you were at dinner last night. Ah. And you'd know that I am not looking forward to it. I remember this time when one Christmas, all she did was take an open Rachel bottle Rachel loves to talk about her mental sister, but I knew if we went down this track, it'd be a struggle to get back to what I had to say. So I decided just to blurt it out. If I just wrapped a bottle of conditioner... I have a kid living in my basement. What? Oh, no, it's not a weirdo creep thing. But it's also not a fun Big Daddy Adam Sandler kind of thing either. Are you being serious? No, yeah, I am. Um, he just showed up. And now he's camping there and I don't know how I'm supposed to get rid of him. I'm considering fumigation. You wouldn't, you know, go to the guards? <laughs> I'd say what? That there's a boy in my basement, but instead of calling the guards, I went to the pub last night and then woke up and went to work. Why did you go to the pub? Again, we're getting off topic. Well, what do you think I should do? <sighs> well, what do you know about him? He's a boy. I think, I have to say, I didn't ask. And he's nine. Family? Friends? Part of the care system? Uh, don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Do you know his name, even? Uh, no. But he looks like a Dylan. So, there's a nine-year-old boy in your basement and you didn't find out one thing about him? Hmm. I don't think he really likes me. Well, at least he's not stupid. Would you come over tonight? Talk to him. See what's what. Luke, I've literally just told you I have plans for tonight. Did you? Yes. With Claire, my... I'm going to go, Luke. Rachel. Yes. What should I do about the kid? Do what you always do, Luke. What? Make him a character in the Luke Murray story. You do it with everyone else. Why not him too? With that, she dropped a tenor on the table and walked away, leaving me thinking, that's not a bad idea, actually. kid could provide insights into the life of a nine-year-old boy and people would say, that Luke Murray, he really knows how a child's mind works. I hadn't been struggling with the writing, far from it, but this could take things to the next level and my novel would have insights and understandings that only a nine-year-old boy could have. Galvanised, I took a notebook and pen and went down to the basement. The boy wasn't instantly open to the idea. Here, freak boy, get lost. Don't mind me. What are you doing? I'm just taking notes. About what? About you. What about me? Just little details, bits of information. Can I ask you, do you enjoy being a nine-year-old boy? No. No, you don't enjoy being a nine-year-old boy? No, you can't ask. Okay, uh, do you have a family? I'm a bit young for kids. No, I mean parents, brothers, sisters. Why? I'm interested. Why? I don't know, people are interesting. You're not interesting. Okay, next question. Uh, are you part of the care system? What are you asking? Really, don't lie. I'm... I'm writing a book. 
And it's based on my own experiences. Wow, that sounds boring. It's about my parents dying. For the first time he was quiet. Interested even. And the main character's a young boy. And he has to deal with the grief and the pain and, you know, come out the other side. Were you young when your parents died? Yes. What age were you? 31. (laughs) What age are you now? 32. Do you miss them? Of course, who wouldn't? Why are you writing a book about it? Oh, well, because it's... it's cathartic. A character suffers and seeing the character overcome their tragedy is very rewarding. Have you overcome your tragedy? Um, yes, in a, in a sense, yes, I suppose. Let's just say I'm not convinced. What do you mean? Well, you're spending your Friday night talking to a nine-year-old boy about your dead parents. Hardly a triumph. Okay, that's, uh, that's not... I have triumphed, actually. My parents were killed in a tragic car accident and my life fell apart. And slowly but surely, I've put it back together. Hmm, sure. All right, will you tell me one thing? What? Why are you so mean to me? I don't know. I think you could use some meanness. Right. The kid entered the tent and I headed back upstairs in a sort of silent thoughtlessness my face giving the impression of a deep thinker, but nothing happening on the inside. I boiled the kettle three times before eventually making a cup of tea. I tried to write, but nothing came. As I record this now, I notice in the corner of my laptop that the date is July 18th. It's been exactly a year since my parents died. July 18th last year, that's when I got the phone call. That's when the sad looks and the hushed tones and the assurances that everything was going to be fine began. Saturday. My mum used to be able to predict rain. She'd stop, sniff and say, it'll be raining within the hour. Invariably, my dad would say, it's Ireland. Of course it's going to rain. That's like predicting which hole you'll fart out of. I never took the time to ask her what that feeling was like. But as I stood out of bed this morning, I was predicting rain. However, when I checked the basement for signs of life, the flap of the tent was still zipped closed, the shadow of the boy inside. The feeling was still there, but with no work and my writing very much blocked, I decided to do as adults do. And go and do a shop. I was stood in the sweet aisle, debating the various merits of choosing a Cadbury's bar over a galaxy, when I heard... Luke Murray, is that you? It was Mrs Wilson, the local self-declared friendly face. I haven't seen you in ages. I thought you might be dead. Haven't got round to it, I'm afraid. She did that mouth open, not a smile that could be mistaken for a smile thing, unsure whether I was joking or instead offhandedly talking about suicide in the sweet aisle of Tesco. If I hadn't known that you needed some stuff, I would have picked it up for you myself. That's very nice of you, Mrs Wilson, but I needed to get out of the house. I'm sure you did. Sorry? Did she know about the kid? Sometimes you just need to get away from it all. Uh, Away from... Even the good memories can be oppressive. Ah, she was talking about my parents. No, it's not that, but, um, thanks anyway. As she wheeled her trolley away, she looked at me with pure concern as if to say, it's okay, without taking the time to tell me what was okay. 
On the way home, I called Rachel. What? Can I see you today? I'm busy, Luke. I just feel like we didn't get to talk properly yesterday. That only means we didn't get to talk properly about what you wanted to talk about. She wasn't entirely wrong, but I tried and failed at making the kid a character, and now I was at a loss as to what to do. I needed her perspective. Two minutes. Two minutes, that's all I need. Fine. But I'm minding my sister, so call around here at five. Just as I stepped in the door, it started to rain. The door to the basement was as it was before, but the door to my room, visible from the bottom of the stairs, was open. As soon as I went into my room, I knew something was wrong. Everything was in order, except something was missing. A pile of pages, the printed pages of my book so far, once a tidy neat pile sitting on the corner of my desk, was now gone. I ran down the stairs and into the basement. There was the kid, holding in his small hands a few sheets of paper, reading. He finished the page and tossed it into the air until it fell and lay amongst many other pages strewn across the basement floor. What are you doing? Is that my... <clears throat> Where did you get that? It was in your room. What were you doing in my room? You said I could borrow a book and I wanted to read your book. No, that's not... I didn't... Please give it back. You are not a good writer. What? This. It's rubbish. You don't... You don't know what you're talking about. How do you know? Can you please just give it back? The stars glisten like stars. Stars. This is pure garbage. Well, no, no. Uh, the point of the point of the first draft is to, you know, just, you know, get it down on the page so that you can you can rewrite. And can you please just give it back? That's not the worst of it, though. What? Like the writing is bad, yeah, but that's not as bad as the fact that it's all nonsense. What do you mean? It's nonsense. This, how the young kid reacts to his parents dying. It's all cliche. Shit we've seen a thousand times before. Did your parents even die? Give it back. Why aren't you being honest? It is honest. It's not. How would you know? Are you telling me this is exactly what it was like? Exactly. That you loved your parents so much that you just wanted to do them proud. Is that all you felt afterwards? Because if you did, you're a psychopath. Just give it back. No. Give it back. No. I wasn't positive before, but now I am. You haven't even started to get over your parents, have you? I left the house. Not sure if I even closed the door. No coat on as I walked through the rain. Not walking anywhere, I thought. But when I ended up outside the Garda station, I knew it was where I'd been going. I'd been expecting crying babies and arguments over passport photos and junkies shouting just how ridiculous such and such a thing was, but it was quiet. I went up to the desk. A guard was sat behind the window. Yes? Only now did I realise I had absolutely no plan. I, um, I was wondering if you, uh, if you had any missing kids reported. Missing kids? Yeah, I, I saw a kid, a boy of about ten, or sleeping in a bus shelter, and um, I thought maybe I could help with the, you know, the information. You could help with the information. I, I mean, give you some information on it. She looked at me oddly and then brought me into a separate room. She left me there, returning a few minutes later with a huge binder. I opened it and was greeted with a photo of a smiling seven-year-old girl named Grace. I quickly scanned through the binder. There were hundreds of photos. Are all these kids missing? She nodded said something along the lines of have fun and left me to it I went through the photos children of all ages Jacks and Johns Kiras and Chloes Achmeds and Allisons 
Every version of every option was there. But I didn't see him. There was one photo, if you squinted, it might look like someone who once looked sort of like him. But he wasn't there. I returned the folder to the guard and said, Sorry, didn't see him. I checked my phone. It was six. How was it six? So I said I'd be at Rachel's. Jesus, she'd kill me. A ten-minute wait for a ten-minute bus left me with a ten-minute run and I arrived at her door panting and drenched both in sweat and rain. And it took me a while to realise that each knock on the door and each buzz of the bell was going unanswered. I called her. Sorry, I can't come to the phone right now. I called her again. Sorry, I can't come to the phone. I called her again. Sorry, I can't come. I sent her a text. Where are you? A minute that seemed like an hour later I got the reply. Eccles Street. Where's Eccles Street? What was on Eccles Street? The hospital. I arrived there after another bus and found Rachel smoking outside. Are you okay? She didn't answer. I'm sorry, I was the kid. He, he took my writing and I had to... I am sorry, Rachel. I am. Luke, you know what your problem is? You're the main character of your story. But you think that means everyone else is just some supporting character? That's all I am to you, isn't it? Have you ever considered that I'm actually the main character in my own story? That I have my own problems? That I'm trying to deal with my sister's failing mental health? That I have to call an ambulance because she's punched the bathroom mirror and stuck a shard in her wrist? Or does that just not fit in with your story? Does it get lost in the edit? Rachel, I'm... It's gone on too long, Luke. I really could have used you today. But you're off creating a story that has nothing to do with anything. The funny thing is, Luke, that you're only focused on your issues. But they're never actually your issues. It's some bullshit about a kid in a basement and you let it take over your life. I hate to say it, but you've allowed your parents' death to become an excuse for you to be a shitty person. What? I think you need some counselling. What? No, I don't. I don't need counselling. Because you really need to move on, Luke. And I haven't used it as an excuse. But I can't do it anymore. It's not my fault your sister's a damaged mess, so don't take it out on me. What? Say you're sorry, Luke. What did you just say? Luke, say you didn't mean it. Luke? Let's wait until your sister kills herself, and then we'll see how you respond. She didn't say anything. She didn't need to. She just turned and walked in through the automatic doors. I don't remember much after that. Just flashes. It is time for you to stop I must have called Jim at some stage because, next thing I knew, we were in the pub. And we were drinking, and I drank more than I ever had before, and I was telling Jim about the day, and I was saying things like, Can you believe that? And he said, Well... And that's all he needed to say for me to know he thought it too. And I turned the drink in my stomach, and the next thing I remember is getting sick outside and stumbling. (coughs) Stumbling home somehow, and the key not going into the lock and hearing... 
Is that you? And turning to see Mrs. Wilson at the bottom of the garden and saying, I'm fine. Are you sure? Jesus, I'm fine, I said. Do you need a hand? Oh, why don't you just... I almost didn't say it. Why don't you just fuck off? I don't remember anything after that. I woke up on the floor, head pounding, vomit-free, however, and a feeling of dread pulsing through my veins. I wasn't drunk anymore, and so I came to my laptop and did this. Recorded the day. Because if I make it just a sound file on my computer, I can delete it. And if I can delete it, maybe it'll be erased. Gone forever. If this is a story, like Rachel said, if this is just a story that I'm telling myself... How does it end? It's July 26th. It's been a week since my last recording. The day after that Saturday felt so incomplete and blurred at every edge that you could hardly call it Sunday. I messaged Rachel, or at least my text log says I did. Nothing too bad, just sorries. I didn't leave my room. Didn't eat didn't even think about the kid and what he was up to. I called in sick on Monday. Luke, I thought you weren't coming in. But ended up going anyway. Niall, can I ask you something? Sure. Why haven't you fired me? Uh, sorry? Now, if my parents were alive, would I still be working here? Well, that's a, that's a tough question, Luke. See, I don't think it is, Niall. Have I, you know, have I been getting special treatment? Well, there's a difference between special treatment and being treated with consideration, Luke. OK, but I'm I the worst employee. By what metric? Any metric. Um, yes. But, um... Well, I, I don't know how to finish that sentence, I'm sorry. Niall, should I have been let go? Probably. Yes. No. No, not probably. You, you, you should have, yes. Right. Right. Let's just say I am fired. Okay. What do I have to do to get my job back? Um, well, you'd, it's, um, well, you'd have to update the invoice logging system. There's a backlog. That I caused? Well, yes, you did. And how far back does that go? How long have you been working here? Point taken. And if I do that, the job's mine. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. I won't let you down. Luke, can I ask what prompted this change? Just trying to change my story, I suppose. I still had to apologise to Mrs Wilson, who, frustratingly, wouldn't let me apologise. Ah, Luke, all you did was say F off. I've been called much yeah, worse. Yeah, but I am sorry. I've been I... called bitch and prick and the C word more times than I can count. Yeah, I know, but I still... I was I shouldn't... even called the N word once. It was most peculiar. OK, but is there any way I can make this up to you, you know? Well, you could take the leaves out of me gutter. Oh, that's not a euphemism. Don't worry about no, that. No, I know. Ah, oh, Jesus. Mrs Wilson. Yeah? Mrs Wilson. Um, <laughs> look, I know my parents have died. Well, I would hope so. <laughs> yes. But could you maybe not treat me like they're dead? She took a moment, looked at me and then nodded. Well, 
In that case, Luke, fuck you for telling me to fuck off, you prick. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Wilson. Oh, jeez, you're grand. <laughs> I still couldn't go down to the basement. After work on both Tuesday and Wednesday, I ate dinner out, and then as soon as I got home, I came up to my room. I also started to lock the door. I couldn't write, of course. What was there to write? It was Thursday when I got an email from my publisher. She was kind in her rejection, saying I had yet to find my voice and that I should keep trying, but perhaps it wasn't what they were looking for this time. I thought about emailing her back saying, I know it's shit, you know it's shit, why don't we just agree that it's a big piece of shit? Instead, I emailed, thank you, apologies for wasting your time. The kid was right about the book. I knew that. He was right about a lot of things. So that Thursday, when I got home, I didn't go straight upstairs. I looked at the basement door a long time before finally going down. He was there reading a crime book I recognised from the bookshelf upstairs but hadn't read. There were wrappers of chocolate and sweets that I remembered buying, but also empty tins of soup that must have been hidden far, far back in the cupboard. He looked up from the book, and I saw a wariness in his look, as if he could sense something off about me. It occurred to me that I could kill him and no one would know. It occurred to me that this was probably what he was thinking too. I sat down on the last stair. Hi. Hi. How's the book? Good. Better than mine? Way better. I'm sure. Thank you, by the way. For what? For being honest. I thought I was mean. Ah. The truth only hurts if you don't want to hear it. It was a shit book. It was. And it was a lie. He didn't say anything, but sat up a bit, giving me permission to go on. My... I couldn't open up to a kid. My... And definitely not this kid. My... But if not him, then who? My parents died and it was complete shit. And I was feeling all these things, you know. Anger at them for being stupid enough to get killed. Scared about the future. Happy that I could never make them disappointed again. Frustrated that I'd always be a disappointment for not living up to who they were. But you know what made it shitter? It was the fact that everyone treated me like someone whose parents had died. And yeah, they were kind and compassionate and caring, but all they thought I was was a boy who was sad that his parents had died. Sad, but only sad. And I couldn't move. I couldn't actually feel my feelings. I couldn't feel angry or scared or happy or frustrated because all I could be for them was sad. That's who I was. And how can you heal when people won't let you be you? And so I bought into it. I became this person who needed everyone to do things for him and who was stuck and you know what? I'm done with all that. Yep, I'm done being sad. Nothing was said for a minute, maybe more. I had run out of words. Finally... He spoke. If you're not going to be sad, what are you going to be? I... don't know. I don't really have a plan. Do you want your book back? He held out the bundle of pages. I took them, flicked through them and then said... Want to have a bonfire? As the sun set, 
The flames rose. Me and the boy just stood there looking at the pages of my book burn. After a few moments of seeing words and sentences turn from orange to brown to black to gone, I said, I... I know you don't want to tell me anything about you, but, you know, if you think I could help in any way, just... Let me know. He didn't say anything, which I took as a good sign. Without turning to me, he asked, Do you still want to be a rider? Maybe. I think I do, yeah. Still going to write about your parents? Nah. What will you write about them? Anything. I might write about us. Us? You'd write a book about me? Yeah. When are you going to start? Tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow. And that was The Boy in the Basement, written by Rian Smith. The play took third place in the P.G. O'Connor Radio Drama Awards 2019. Luke was played by Stephen Jones. The part of Rachel was played by Shauna Kerslake. Louise Lewis played Mrs. Wilson. Enda Oates was Niall. The part of Jim was played by David Pierce. Susan O'Loughlin played the guard. And Christian Schlobeats was the boy. Sound supervision was by Kieran Cullen. The Boy in the Basement by Rian Smith was directed by Goretti Slavin.